Welcome back, Pinball Nerds, to episode 150 of your fifth favorite pinball podcast. My name's Orville Albert, and I'm here with Ian Howard today. And we're going to be talking about all things pinball, as well as maybe a couple tips for Pinburg. So, Ian, how many times have you been to Pinburg? I uh, think I've been there three times before. I've been at every one at the convention center. Okay, well, uh, I'm very, very excited for it. Be honest with me. Should I keep my expectations pretty low? Because it's my first time. There's going to be one or two good pinballers there. It is like a thousand great pinball players. <laughs> or like 999 other than me. One of the things that like I think is really remarkable at Pinburg is like C Division is ridiculously competitive and hard. D Division is ridiculously competitive and hard. Uh, e Division. The finals in E Division. Those players are really good. Like, there are good pinball players across the entire thing. Now it's my very, very first one. I am so gosh darn competitive that there is a 0% chance that I could ever sandbag because I'm too competitive. But, like, in my first year, it might be advisable to, like, let's say for some reason I was trending for A. Let's be honest. I'm ranked 2,000 in the world. There's no chance I would do good in A or B. Would like, I mean, I don't even know. Like, should I sandbag if I'm somehow playing incredible day one? Should I kind of? I don't know. What do you think? So, no, I would never sandbag. I, I would just, never either. I would I, never, either. I couldn't. I'm there to see how I can do against the best in the world, the best on the planet. And I want to be in a division. I'm rarely in a division. I've made it into a division once mm -hmm. last year. I should have been in. D division or possibly E division, mm -hmm. but I was restricted no. to C division. Ian, you are too good no, for my me. record. My record. Okay, like at Pinburg, really at Pinburg, okay. and I got bumped up into C because I'm restricted due to my rank. Right. Um. So people can have bad days. It can be tough. I would love. To, I just want to finish as high as I can, and I mm -hmm. and I've got a case of the Whopperitis. So uh, I chased I chased those points for reasons I have no understanding of. So and how so, did you do in C? Was that last year you got bumped? Yeah, C? last year I got bumped into C, mm -hmm. and I had a really good run day two. Day one was miserable. Day two was a incredibly fun experience. I was in C division. I felt like I had no chance of anything. Mm -hmm. I stopped caring about where I ended up being, at, like where I was going to finish. And I started like chatting with people, high fiving, you know, cheering my opponents on, and that really turned my day around. Wow! And I played a lot better playing that way than hiding in a corner, you know, yelling at myself for all of the bad play I was doing, mm. and just like in a negative cycle. So you know, this is one of the things I've been trying to change. Is you know, I want to always be cheering for my opponents to beat me. Wow. This is like a change in the way I think about things. So I'm cheering. And that helps on. you mentally for the next game. Yeah. And if I nothing fun. else. Well, why not? Right? Like, and that's the issue I have whenever I'm playing in a pinball tournament and I have someone on my, like in my grouping who I'm friends with, I'm partially like, yeah, I want to beat you. And then the other part of me is like, but I want you to do good too. Right? So that, that makes it challenging. So day one, am I just qualifying all day long? Yeah. Day, day one is Thursday. Seating. So day one, you are, you are playing. Okay. Your How many matches are we talking? So you will be playing five rounds of four games. That's not a problem. I can do that. Okay. And That's still probably like a good six to seven hours, depending on, and plus a lunch break. Yeah. So there's there's a small break. There's a dinner break. Mm -hmm. 
like you will most likely be in groups. I'm not not going to judge where you're going to be. Right. Okay. But, thank you. <laughs> um, you will most likely be in groups that will be finished a little earlier in the round. They allocate right. two hours of play. Um, the as the A players group together, their games will take a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, they will sometimes be playing. So wait, past is the, it Swiss scoring on day one, or does that happen past day one? That's what I'm confused about. So, like, is it completely random day one, or do they start doing Swiss past round one? Because I, I listened to a podcaster who said that they played with Zach Sharp on day one. I was like, but you're not as good as Zach Sharp. Like, he's like phenomenal, right? Like, he's, I think he's one of the. I know he's one of the top ten currently right now. It might even be higher if. You know, he didn't have a kid and was playing more, right? So, so day the very first round is uh, slaughter seated, as they call it. What does that mean? Just um, so the first ranked player, the top mm-hmm. ranked IFPA ranked player, right, will be playing the lowest ranked IFPA player and the two middle ranked people. Okay, so one will be playing one thousand four ninety nine and five hundred. Wow. And oh so my god! In your so you're saying round, I'm going to play someone really good my first round? In your first I'm round, you'll get to play a Raymond David, Davidson, and, and Escher, a Bowen, an Elowin, uh, an Ian Howard, maybe if I'm lucky. Yeah, you will play a top 200 player. <laughs> awesome. Um, and so that's fun. And then Pinberg is not a traditional Swiss seated tournament. Um, I forget exactly what they call it, but essentially. As you progress further and further in the day, they narrow the range down. Okay. So, in the so it's second, within a range. It's not specific to yeah, a... Yeah, it's, it's tightening as it goes. Okay. So you'll play people in a gen, generally near you, mm-hmm. but the definition of near gets tighter and tighter as the day goes on. So then day two, are you... You're, that by day two, they have told you you're either A, B, C, D, or E. Yep. And E this year, I even heard, has money. E has money. And I know that Dimas, which I'm hoping to interview very soon, Mike Dimas, uh, from London there, he did make it to the D finals, which was pretty awesome. I think he got fourth? Yeah. Something like that. Something so like that. good for him. Like, honestly, it's really strange for me going to my first Pimberg. Part of me is like, yeah, I could maybe, if I played well, I think I could maybe make C, maybe, if I had really good first day. But I know without a doubt I would never make finals in C. So I'm actually kind of hoping I make D or E. Does that... Does that make sense? Like for my first Pimberg, maybe? The difference between C and E is not actually very big. Really? Like, like you once look, you get to finals. Well, even even after day one qualifying, if just it's just the way the math works. Okay. Like it's a normal distribution, and the vast majority of people fall in two standard deviations of the mean. Okay. So almost everyone is within like three wins wow. of the middle of C. Except for the top 50 players right. and the bottom 50 players. Okay. But everyone else is kind of... Right in the middle, very yeah. close, very... Okay. I guess there's a 1,000 players now. It's not quite 50, but I'm not going to do math in my head on the stream. So, I, as you know, I do like to party a little. Would you recommend that I wait until I finish playing all my games day one before having a couple beers? Or, like, I'm not sure. I don't even know. Part of me wants to get there and be like, yeah, we're at Pinburg. Let's have some beers. And the other part of me is like... Wait, how many tournaments have you sucked at? Because you might have had a beer or two too many. Let's be honest. Alcohol does slow down your hand-eye reaction at least a little. You know what I mean? But I guess I, I it also shakes off the nerves after I've had a couple. So I feel like 
the benefits and the losses are similar, or at least close. I'm not really sure. Like, what do you think? Well, you're probably not rocking the 9 a.m. beer. Well, <laughs> I think when I was 19, somewhere around nude, I'd open the first beer. You know, nowadays, no, I wait. So, till... so you're going to get through a few rounds. Okay. So at least maybe get through a few, see how you're playing, and then move forward. Is it worth time and energy? So I told you this earlier. We, For everyone listening, all you pinball nerds, we actually, Ian and I just did a live stream. Um, Ian, give us a shout out where to find the live stream. Uh, so you can see it for the next 14 days on my Twitch channel, twitch.tv, French slash Gamma Goat. That's G-A-M-M-A-G-O-A-T. Um, and I will also be uploading the video to my YouTube channel, which I have no idea how you find. It'll be there forever, guys. You could be listening to this in the year 2020, and probably that YouTube uh, chan- that YouTube video of me maybe beating Ian on Total Nuclear Annihilation. You guys have to go watch. I may have just beat him. Like, let's be honest. Like, it's I'm a 2,000 top 2,000 player. I might have just beat like a top 100 player. We'll see. Or close, very close, very on the edge, right? So, but going back to Pimberg, um, all all I can think of is like advice I've gave myself on the podcast: get a good night's sleep, don't drink too much, maybe don't over socialize or stay up too late at the hotel. Is that like are all these stories about people playing pinball in the hotel and hanging? I know they do that at Allentown. Does it happen in Pimberg sometimes where it people does go party all at night? Pimberg, like. I think you can, I think in wizard mode, there's like footage of uh, Robert after uh, he was eliminated with like his face makeup that was like the face tattoo. Right. Like playing pinball in someone's room and it was like completely out of character. (laughs) But yeah, that, that, that stuff does happen. It can happen. It It does happen. happen. I was thinking about getting like a weird, obscure, like Airbnb nearby that didn't cost as much and, and looked kind of like more fun or interesting. But then I thought, wait, I might lose out on like the personality or the interestingness of being in like a hotel right beside like a really cool pinball player or something. Like, where are you staying? I am staying at the Drury, um, which is one of the. I heard mixed rate- things about that place. That people were like, yeah, it's really good. And then other people were like, yeah, eh. they want it better this year. But that's close. It's close. That's it's the main close. thing. Uh, like I said at the Omni. Uh, William Penn last time, beautiful hotel. Mm-hmm. Like it's a old classic uh, place, parking right across the, the Omni. street. Okay, yeah. Um, and Starbucks in the lobby, which is important to me. Uh, <laughs> you need your caffeine. I, I do in the morning, and and I've stayed at the Westin. Um, heard bad things about the Westin, so it's the closest. It's either the Drury or the Omni, the right? Omni. like one or the other. Yeah, I. What well, it is interesting. You could try to. Get an Airbnb one. I think one of the weird things, interesting things, good things around in Pittsburgh downtown mm-hmm. is that I think public transit into downtown is free. Wow. Or at least on weekends it is. There, there's it's probably like, like Doug Polka is probably driving the bus, right? <laughs> <laughs> he probably has time for that. If he picks me up in the morning, I will be Pemberg's best fan. So earlier today I did a podcast where I announced I will be doing 100 Pinberg interviews. Now that doesn't mean 100 Pinberg interviews just at Pinberg in Pittsburgh during the actual event. Like today, I would count as one of them. First, Ian Howard's number one. Yes, that was a high five for all you guys listening. It wasn't the best, but we 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 got it. We nailed it. That's was right. it like back in the internet days? People would always like try to 
be the first one to comment. That's right. Just first. Nailed it. Like 10 people and all the (laughs) comments were just first. Well, I have been trying to do an interview with Mike Dimas for quite some time. And we've set it up several times. And then I get there and we start playing pinball or playing poker or something else. And then it doesn't happen. But I'm hoping to get him on an interview soon. He's been to Pimberg. I was supposed to interview Julie Dorsers last Monday. And then pinball got canceled. Because of the lack of heating at Call the Office, I'm assuming. What's happening with Monday Night Pinballs? Let's get it to Speed City soon. Um, but I really think that as long as I'm doing like three to five minute interviews, especially with like a group that I just played with, if we're not in a big hurry, if I can do a quick what's your name, how many years you've been coming here thing, I could maybe get to 100. It might not happen. <laughs> it might not happen. Uh, I might be eating my shorts like Bart Simpson and uh, I'll have to wear a Mrs. Pin, uh, Mrs. Pin's podcast t-shirt for my next 10 streams, but that's okay. That's okay. Um, do We said we weren't going to announce who won tonight, but did I keep it? Let's just say, was it closer than you thought it might be? Uh, it was closer than I thought it might be. Yes, that's right, guys. I might have won. You don't know. You have to go watch. But uh, it was it was really fun doing that. And after that, we got to play Lexi Lightspeed on P3 Multimorphic. Yeah, the the company's Multimorphic. The machine is P3. P3 is currently out. And I don't know, could you tell us a little bit about that? Like, that was so fun to play. Yeah, for anyone who hasn't seen it, well, you can look at my archive streams on my YouTube channel. You have a Lexi, uh, a I have, Lexi I, arcade? I did a Lexi stream, and I did a, a, a oh, Instagram Grand Slam Rally, which is a pitch and bat. When you first started. Yeah. So this is a, it's a real pinball machine. Let's just start by saying it is a real pinball machine. There is flippers. There there is ramps. There's ramps. There's pop targets. Targets. Yeah. All of the things you would expect in a pinball machine. There is also a television inside the lower two thirds of the play field. Um, And it literally takes up, just for people listening, it takes up the whole bottom play field. Like it stretches both ways, right? Yeah. And... Um, so what that allows is to put dynamic content on the play field itself. Although you could put static content. If you wanted to replicate a traditional classic game, you could put static art on the play field and okay. it would be no different. Than and it would just stay still. And yeah, cause we kind of played a couple seconds of this farm one where you got to shoot the pigs and they're running across the screen. That's pr- maybe more for kids. I would guess, but yeah. it was still fun. Yeah. And so in addition to that, it has, uh, ball tracking via infrared, uh, infrared laser grid. What? So that's how it can guys. Tell. Did you hear that? Lasers, lasers, lasers. So that's how it can tell where, where if you're interacting with one of the objects that are displayed that on the screen. Wow. Okay. Um, and then the back play field modules are replaceable. Right. Uh, it takes about I don't know thirty to forty five seconds to do a play field swap. Um, and so Is I have that two. It? Yeah, that's it. that's okay. all it takes. Um, I have two modules right now, and I can switch between them. I have about, I don't know, seven, nine games, something like that. Seven games, I think. On so, there. like, the Lexi light field, the, the top part of the play field, that works for five or six games? Yeah, so that works for Lexi light speed. Lexi like light full, speed, yes. The full game. And then there's a mini game called Lexi light speed secret agent showdown, which uh, <laughs> okay. it just gives you eight balls to try to lock into the lock mechanism. And then starts the nine ball multi-ball. Or actually, however many shots you locked. Right. And so you can just play the multi-ball. It's just like a little mini game tech demo type thing. 
What uh, I thought was really different was there is three flippers on each side. Three flipper buttons, yeah. Three flipper buttons, sorry. Yeah, there's only one flipper on each side. But um, what that allows for is just so many different experiences with a lot of different games, really. Yeah, and I know a lot of people were making a big deal about Oktoberfest with the ability to flip both the on two. one side. Yeah. Uh, P3's had that for a long time. Jeez. Uh, so there's there's menus, <laughs> options where you can set it up for one hand to play. Can, you can do that on P3? Yeah. Okay, I have one final beer, guys. We're going to go down there and I'm going to chug that final. No, I'm just kidding. Um, um, but so they also have different modules. Mm -hmm. So for the more redemption game, for children's like things, they have like... I know, grapefruit-sized flipper buttons. And you can put a grapefruit-sized like half, half sphere right. uh, button on the side of the cabinet. So it's like nice and big and you can play like in a redemption mode. So you could play if you're nature, like... You could play that game probably before you play any other pinball machine. Yeah. And that's something as a parent that you might want to consider because... Like, even with my youngest son, Owen, honestly, when I had, like, High Speed 2 or I had Indiana Jones, he they he wasn't, when he was six or seven, he couldn't quite, the speed was too much for him, and that might have been a better fit to really get him hooked. Now, thank God, I kept on it, and he's still into pinball, but, uh, you know, had, if you only had one or two games and they were all newer Sterns, they were like Game of Thrones or something really quick like that, it might be hard to get younger people involved. And this, like, just, wow, it bridges the gap between video games slash pinball slash redemption. And yeah. so as an operator slash, this would just be a wet dream for them, really. Yeah, like, I think that was one of the things that Jerry was trying to do was show that there is other things you can do with the platform than just traditional pinball. Lexi gives them traditional pinball. Right. But some of the other games like Barnyard or Rocks are different. They're fun. Um, the new Cosmic Kart Racing game, which I haven't oh, had a chance that. to try yet. The Playfield module looks really cool. The locks, the, the ramp locks with the magnets. Right. You've seen this. You shoot the ramp and it catches the it. ball like halfway up the ramp. So that, is can, that a new module? Yeah, it's a put, new okay. module. Um, and it can like throw the ball between the magnets on the ramp and actually lock three balls halfway up the ramp. And then when you release it, it will throw them out. So the module is really cool. So that's totally different, but also at the same time, is it somewhat similar to TNA where it catches it up in there without the drop target, but it's still, like you're saying, there's three balls on the ramp at once? Yeah, there's three balls on a ramp at once, wow. just being held by magnets. Okay, um, Chris the Pinter, and if you're listening, buddy, and you're at TPF, go try Cosmic Kart Racing. I want to see how cool this multi-ball is with the magnets. But the other thing with Cosmic Kart Racing is... It's it's both like a positive and maybe a negative is it's a kart racing game. Like you're hitting speed boosts and the more you hit the ramps of the correct color, the faster you go. Right. And you're playing against a computer cart in a race or you can play against four other players in linked internet. Play. Whoa. Now, this, see, that's where it becomes serious. Because if we ever want pinball to really take off, like just like fire like barn fire on fire, there needs to be either heads up or LinkedIn play, I think, for like the average consumer to see it and get it. I think that would help. So that four player, that's that's something to try, right? Yeah, and it's it's different and it's cool. I think to succeed, they need a killer traditional pinball game that to sell it. To sell the platform. Like there has to be a doesn't matter if it's a a, a pinbot or a something. There has to be something that people are saying. Like, really drawn to. They have to get They it. have to get it. Like, and Lexi, then they can spend the couple hundred dollars on the extras. 
yeah, Lexi is fun. Mm-hmm. I like Lexi a lot. Lexi is not a like grail title that people no. are going to covet and everyone wants to get. Right. Um, if they could get, I think the two things they need to do to really succeed are get third party developers, which they have. Some other games. Wow. Are developed so would by that be like party. a Sega or a PlayStation or a Nintendo getting third-party developers to make games for their systems that will work on that particular yeah, machine already? The, and so um, that would help it take off, man. The uh, the pitch and back Grand Slam Rally is developed by a third party. A third party. Wow. Okay. And there's a there's a few there's a wizard trainer uh, that's in development right now. Okay. Uh, which is actually, I need this. It teaches you how to play like it teaches you how to do things like. Do a live catch and bounce pass really? and stuff like that. It knows where the ball is. It tells you how to do things. That's sort of the idea. Um, and then there's a, there's a game called um, Heads Up, which is a linked two-player game that I think was developed by a third party, mm-hmm. where as you're making shots on your game, it's like adding obstacles to the other game. Kind of like when you would play Tetris two players i remember that and every time you got a tetris it made a harder thing on the other guy or dr mario did that as well once you like nailed a really good i don't know whatever pill prescription all of a sudden the other guy got effed up and he couldn't he got jacked right yeah so cool so there's needs that that interactive like i i think that will help pinball and especially bring over younger players now it nothing ever 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 i don't care what they say nothing will ever take the place of like a full play field that doesn't have do you know what i mean i don't know i don't know i think it'd be interested to see if you put a static image on there whether people would still say ah have any offense to it or because if it's a static image why is it different than a play field if it's got the same targets and the same ramps and the same you know what i mean now this would be and 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 this is something I would be interested in. If this was an EM, oh my god, you could probably put like every EM pinball machine on one friggin' disc, you know what I mean? Like if they could put 20, 30 machines in there that all had a similar there is some that have different counterparts, of course, but if they could put them all together on one, that's something I would really be like, wow. Because now you've got practice of learning the rule sets of all these machines on one and maybe not spending X amount hundred per play field. Right. And they're simple enough. They don't have ramps. They don't have like, you could probably actually put a large portion of, if you look at the pin side, 100 EMs, you could probably put, I don't know, a good, a good portion of them, maybe, maybe 25, maybe 30 of them all into just one play field. And that to me would be incredible. I don't know if anyone from Multimorphic listening, that's just me as a, as a player who loves classics pin that thinks that that would be neat. Do you think it could work or it might be challenging? I think it's a, there's a lot happening on the lower part of the playfield. For of every games. single one of those and EMs, so that's different. you could different. maybe have some floating modules. Like, I know Jerry's talked about how he has designs for, like, floating pop bumpers. Mm-hmm. So that you could have pop bumpers that are suspended over the screen. But they wouldn't bounce. No, it would still kick the ball. It's still, it's just they that they're... That? I don't know. He's got engi- he's an engineer. He's okay, 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 okay. These things. So. Well, we, we believe him. If he can do it, that'd be so cool to see. It is neat to see where pinball is going. I'm someone who was brought back into pinball from playing pinball arcade, and I am a firm believer that if someone gets addicted enough to pinball arcade, eventually they'll seek out real pinball. And I think that has kind of helped where pinball is going. But um, that being said, 
playing P3 was super cool. Playing TNA was incredible. The sound there is, I still think, the best sound. And every time we beat a reactor, it started, you said, a new song. Yeah, so every, every time you start the reactor, like, yeah, every reactor that you move on to, there's a new song. Scott composed nine different tracks for uh, the game. And it's it's one of the interesting progressions. It's like, oh, as you get to, like, you know, today... And got to reactor six. One of us got to reactor six. What well, one of us <laughs> might have got to reactor six. You guys will have to watch the feed. Has ever a pinball designer also been the dude who did the sound? I don't like, know. Is that so rad? It's cool. And I didn't know this. There's actually drop targets or stand-ups that are rad, R-A-D on the left, which is even more cool. So um, I'm I'm really excited about that. What do you like as far as me going to Pinburg, just if I can change gears a little. I want to watch uh, Steve do play every game there. Okay, that's like 12 hours. I'm going to try to write notes. What else should I do? Like, what can I do to prep? I have no clue. Just play lots of pinball or? So a few things. So if you want to prep rules knowledge, mm-hmm. um, if you haven't seen Bob Matthews' EM Cyclopedia, check that out. Check that out. Because got- Bob Matthews is... She's one of the, if not the best classics players around. Great classics player. Yeah. He's written basically a book that covers every EM he has ever been able to get his hands on to play and gives advice and tips on how to reach, uh, like what to do on any of them. Um, and Is I it think, a physical book or just like an online no, it's thing? No, it's a online. Okay. Online thing. I'm going to check I that out it's for all sure. Linked. Like I'll give a, a shout out to uh, Pinball Spinner dot com uh, mm-hmm. Corey Holse page okay. um, which like there's a lot of great resources out there like pinball videos mm-hmm. pin tips uh, Bob's EM guide right what Corey so what you're the, saying is mostly what I can work on between now now and then is game knowledge that's that's one the thing main you can thing help. I think I'm missing yeah like you got to see me play tonight I'm decent with the flipper skills the issue for me will be game knowledge it, in a story it will help. You're going to play 40 different games, and you're not going to know a lot of them. I'm maybe going to know a quarter of them. Like Check pin tips, that. do stuff like that. Okay. But realistically, like, my biggest advice, the biggest thing that changed my Pimberg experience mm-hmm. from one year to the next, okay. orthotics. When I got my custom orthotics, pinball became so much easier. Because you're on your feet all the time. Now, you don't necessarily have to go get custom orthotics, but shoes, 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 shoes. I There's just no got... better advice than get a good pair of shoes or, like, I love my Birks. Yeah. So, like, Birkenstocks, I'll, I'll like... Wait, do you have orthotics for your Birks? No, the Birks are, okay, like... Okay, those have... are fine by themselves. Yeah, they're okay. fine by themselves. <laughs> they're, they're, they sort of have a very similar... I just did, like, I just got, like, $220 hiking shoes for the Bruce trail. And like, I had to walk on the treadmill and the guy watched me and he looked at my gait and he saw where I was from walking quickly to walking slow and saw how I landed. So I got super duper like high cushion shoes that have really, really firm insoles, which I have like high arches. Not that that matters. No one in pinball cares, but basically these shoes are what I'm going to use as my secret weapon when I get there. And especially the other thing I have is I have a five and a half inch foam mat, which I will put down before I play. No, I'm just kidding. But can you do that? I don't know if you can there do that. There are people who carry mats. They bring them. mats. Yeah. That's smart. Because um, your lot, feet are going to be sore. Okay. So how, how long am I playing? You start at 9 a.m. or something. 
Like you're with playing, lunches and dinner, am I really going to like six or seven at night? Maybe. Well, Possibly? you're playing five five rounds a day, and with each, each round is two four, hours, with four games. Four games each, and depends. They allocate two hours to it. So, so if I do well by the second day, I'll be playing with really good players, and that will go forever. But if I'm back in DRE, it'll maybe, it'll maybe be, be faster, a little quicker. Yeah. yeah. But generally, like half an hour per game for a four-player game is what you kind of allocate. The standard. So, so two and a half minimum. Times five G's. You're That's sp- like ten hours, Ian. <laughs> You're spending a lot of time on your feet, and so the look, other for, feet- look for look uh, for uh, seats. Sit when you anywhere can. to sit anywhere. Anytime. Always be sitting. Um, a lot of people <laughs> always be shatting. <laughs> a lot of people will bring like small. Those like little small tripod, yeah, like camp chairs. The little, the like I got one of those little the two ninety nine ones, the dollar store guys. Now I I'm about two hundred and twenty pounds. I probably smash that by day three, but yeah. So anything you can do to get your weight off the feet, probably don't start drinking too early. Don't stay up too late. Yeah. I've heard of some people being late. Is it yeah, true that late. if you're late in the morning that they could? You're done. Whoosh. Yeah, you're out. You're done. If you miss around, you're Oh, you're my God. That's going to be my biggest. Okay, don't be late. Out. I'm going to set five alarms. So actually, the morning is not the time when people are late. Mm-hmm. The time people are late is dinner break. Like after dinner. Yeah, because people. For too long. Well, the I'm not going to say what the start time is because I don't want to get it wrong. You get right. the wrong thing into people's heads. Fair enough. Um, the actual start time is not the start time a lot of people want or think it is. Uh, so read the schedule and show up on time. Double, triple, quadruple check. And one thing my mom told me always is it's better to be 10 minutes early than one minute late. Am I right? Yep. And then uh, the other like big piece of advice I give, eat lots of meatballs. Okay. The meatball place <laughs> right around the corner. It's awesome. It's killer. Uh, well, I am a pretty big carnivore, and if there's good meat nearby that doesn't taste too much, I can do it. So uh, there is also the um, the uh, steak place that isn't allowed to be talked about. Okay. Uh, that used to be Josh Sharp's uh, little secret. All uh, right. We, then, we, we will uh, not mention it. A certain uh, podcaster who may or may not live in Europe now uh, <laughs> gave have. away, may have given away the secret <laughs> to uh, the steak sandwich place. Oh uh, no. And now there's people lining up out the door and Josh is upset because he wanted to just sneak in there quickly and grab a, a, a quick little steak sandwich. And now it takes longer. Yeah. <laughs> Darn you podcasters. You're the worst. Um, all right. Well, I may or may not have to uh, talk to you after uh, we're off air and check that out. But um, I did want to speak really quickly about uh, the main leagues you play in. You play in London, Ontario, Pinball League. Yep. Play in TCPL. Tri-Cities Pinball League. Mm-hmm. Anything else? So I also run uh, City the Pinball pin Guelph at City Pavlos. Pavlos, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, when, what night is that? So that's Tuesday. Listening. That's every other Tuesday. Every other Tuesday. Pavlos mm-hmm. uh, in downtown Guelph. Pinup is Monday still, and then I run Pinup. Uh, we call it Pinup Pinball League Pupil mm-hmm. out of Pinup Arcade Bar in Waterloo. And if and you're listening from London, Ontario, and you think you're going to go to Pinup on Mondays, you're wrong because you're coming to Monday Night Pinball. Sorry, had to do that. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. No, if you live in Kitchener Waterloo, though, go ahead and go to Pinup because it's awesome. They have great games. Yeah, so four leagues. Uh, it's a lot. Wow. But um, so are you TD at? You're definitely TD at the Pinup. And then you and help with doing was. TD at TCPL a little. Yeah. I, and I, I wobble am, if you have to. 
I try not to. Because you're already busy at the other ones. People often ask me. I've got pretty good memorization of the IFPA Papa Unified rules. So you may have read the rules once or five times. Yeah. (laughs) And I watch a lot of tournament play. I go to a lot of tournaments. And I am known for bringing up a lot of ruling questions on uh, tilt forums. That's right. It's kind of... Which is good. Yeah. Some people might be like, hey, dude, come on. We never even thought of that. So here's the thing that shocked me. When, when I came here to play today with Ian, I had absolutely no clue that you just started in and around the same... Not really the same time as me. Like, I've only been doing it for four years, but you're somewhere around 2014. 2014 was my so first you're like tournament. you're five, five and a half years into this? Yeah. Into playing competitive pinball. And what, what's your ranking right now? Like 150 or something like one, that? One... Uh, Probably 128. Okay. I mean, like 128, 127. And let's be honest, if you did go to all the circuit events, you'd be in the top 100. I don't know if you'd make the Power 100, because that one's trickier. Explain that to the listeners, what the Power 100 is. I've read it a couple times, but I think you can explain it better. What's the difference between... So, Teolis, Jeff Teolis, I know he's, like, in the top 100, right? Yeah. Very close. Uh, he was 98 when he streamed with me. Okay, so he's very, very close. <laughs> he's kind of bleeding. But out. he's not in the Power 100, I don't no. think. No, so the Power 100 is your win-loss record against only considering players in the top 250. Wow. Um, so what it did was it recognized a whole bunch of players who didn't play in a lot of tournaments. Like maybe from Europe or Australia or Canada or just people who don't make the circuit events as much. Yeah, and but who were very, very successful when they When they actually do come out. And, um, and so it, it balanced out. It, it did a whole... It gave a different perspective on to, you know, a lot of these things like the ranking, the rating, the Power 100. Mm-hmm. They're all different views into uh, who is the best. Like, there is no system that's going to give, like, a definitive... Well, of course answer. not. Um, but, I mean, I, I I really appreciate that they did the Power 100 because that actually is a good, maybe even a better way to compare, you know, apples to apples. Because, really, if you're great at playing against just random pl- people in the middle of, like, say, when I moved to Nova Scotia in the summer... Now, there's great players in Nova Scotia, but I'm just saying, like, say I made my own league and there was just non-pinball players and I was constantly winning it, it wouldn't be fair for me to slowly work my way that high, right? Which it would be hard to do without. Yeah, you're not going to get, you're not going to get, no, and that's, right, and that's why the system is made the way it is, which I think is great. So, um, yeah, well, I want to thank you very much for being part of the show today. Do you have any more tips for me? You got to play with me today. I know game knowledge I have to work on, but just from seeing me play, what do you like? Is there anything you think I should work on a bit? Do you think I'm playing with my food too much at the bottom there, like passing it around a bit? Maybe just shoot some shots a bit more, or be like, honest with me. That's what we do on this podcast. You know, I think there is. You've actually got like you're controlling the ball well. Mm-hmm, thank you. I think there's probably a few times when you're flipping away when like you could have bounced past. Really, stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. And I know this is something I'm bad at. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ken Lapointe has always yelling at me for not doing this like i'll do it when i'm casual but in competition i just don't trust it is ken, okay is ken awesome or what ken's i a, love ken lapoint he's a great player he's a good guy but he doesn't brag about it he's a good player who never he ne- he's modest typically i don't know maybe just you and him he's bragger but i don't know i don't think so he seems modest but he plays well he knows what he's doing but he's also like fun to talk to 
some of these guys near the top from time to time, if they're in a big league or a big tournament, they're really within themselves. And he just has fun at it. Every time he's playing, he seems to really be talkative and enjoying himself. And I, I really like talking to Ken when he's out at events. So Yeah, he he's less fun when he's like in 30th. <laughs> Like he was at uh, Player One. Oh, well, you know, that makes it harder. That makes it harder to be in a great mood right at that time. But he's a good player. He's, uh, he. I think he would be ranked higher too if he played more, more tournaments Yeah, if he, if he was to travel. And, and he's actually, like, I know he's a little frustrated with the league structure around here. Mm-hmm. Because why invest six months to get to play one tournament and which... have one shot at Whoppers when. You could play a one-day tournament, a one-off, and once get half month. the points for and, six months. Yeah. yeah, and have six tournaments in that period of time. That makes sense. Um, and he doesn't have the he doesn't travel as much, mm-hmm. so he doesn't have as much availability to the big tournaments. But, but he won the the New York City pre-tournament, right? Like the yep. was that at Sunshine Laundry? Sunshine, yeah. And those I mean, machines sorry, are set on. Uh, that was wrong. At Modern. Modern. Modern Pinball. Um, and though, but both, both those places, machines are set pretty hard. Yep. Pretty challenging, pretty tight. And been, he did well there. And which is, that's crazy because that was against just tons of people he probably hadn't met before. And he did great at New York City Pinball Championship. The actual, well. like yeah. He made playoffs, made it really deep um, into that. Really solid, really solid finish in Maine. Do you find that you are a better match play or a better pump and dump player? I'm a much better pump and dump player. That's what I thought. Because given the opportunity, you can throw one score that's super high as opposed to being consistent or playing the player necessarily or being confident about playing the player. And I'm the opposite. I think I'm good at match play because I can look at the player in the face and actually like do okay against them. But given all day long on TNA, your score would destroy mine. But, yeah. you know, one-on-one is one, you know, I, the match play tournaments I seem to do better than the other ones. So, so like, I, I think I am probably best at limited entry. Right. Um, That's what I, TPF I, is doing this year. They're doing, I like, actually, a 30 or 20 entries max. I actually thing. hate it. I hate playing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the reason is, or, or, like, a card format, I am pretty good at getting good scores consistently. I'm not as good at getting like that once in a lifetime grand champion score. And so the pump really? and dump, the pump and dumps where you need to really like put up that grand champion score, I'm I'm okay, but that's not my strength. Really? Okay. Match play my problem is when I play bad, I will lose to anyone. I notice that you are a little bit streaky because when you're playing well, I uh, you tend to crush everybody but then when you're not having a great day you're beatable oh yes you're not easy on a bad day but you're beatable right like so i uh on one of my pinbergs um i got a one in a round so what does that mean like a third and a whole bunch of laughs yeah (laughs) and that one point i got was because on ball one one of my opponent's Tilted three. Right. So he got DQ'd. <laughs> so you only won by a DQ. <laughs> but he also had a higher score than me by playing one ball on that game than I did playing three balls. Oh, my God. Was it an EM at least? Is this all I say? It was Medusa. Okay. Oh, it's Medusa. Medusa's a B. Um, well, thank you so much for being on the show. 
Yeah, I think we're at like 40 minutes. I know. Like, I've never done a 40-minute podcast, so I'm going to end it here with the, if you want to do it with me, eat, eat sleep, sleep, breathe, pinball. Also, follow Gamma Goat Rodeo? Gamma Goat on Twitch. Gamma Goat on Twitch. Do it, guys. Until next time, have a great night. Cheers.